guys, what's up? Welcome back to West Coast Bias, uh, Season 3, Episode 6, I think, something like that. Um, we're going to continue our, our trend of doing some, some NFL talk, uh, followed by some NBA talk. Um, trade deadline edition, and then we're also going to do some midseason awards for the NFL as well, um, just to go over how we think the, the season's played out so far. Um, gloat or not gloat over... Our, our, what we thought was going to happen earlier in the year, anything like that. Um, but let's start with some trade deadline stuff. Um, the three, I guess, big trades were the Demarius Thomas to the Texans, uh, Golden Tate to the Eagles, and then um, Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. I don't really care about that at all because both those teams are irrelevant. No, um, that was only a big trade because of how stupid the valuation was. But... Um, well, let's let's start with the uh, Demarius Thomas to the Texans, especially since he looked pretty good today um, against the Broncos, his former team. Um, obviously, Will Fuller, who's not at all the same type of player as Demarius Thomas, uh, well, he tears ACL last week, unfortunately. Um, so that was a bummer. Um, Demarius Thomas is not the same type of receiver, but um, it's and good. It's, it's good to always good to give Deshaun Watson a, a new a new toy to play with, I guess especially yeah, since they've now won six straight. Uh, first of all, that Texans team, just want to say, had them as a Super Bowl contender. Look where they are. Uh, three losses to the season, and now they're good again. Yeah. So, neat. Uh, a large part of that is just Deshaun Watson being healthy. But another large part of that was the fact that Will Fuller got a touchdown every single game for the first five games of the season. Right. And ha- still has more touchdowns than games played with Watson. And has, like, two for his career with the four other quarterbacks he's played with. Uh, so replacing that is a little tough, and obviously Marius Thomas is not a burner. Uh, no. Remember when Thomas was a top five wide receiver? That wasn't long ago. Yeah, well, I think, and, and, that was and a while ago, actually. obviously no one really cares about the Broncos side of it because the Broncos are just the most average of all average football teams. Um, right, most interesting thing the Broncos done in the last three years, I guess, is draft a linebacker that they don't seem all that interested in using. Yeah, who's. Yeah, should be. They should be interested in using him, but they're not. Um, but yeah, they do have Cortland Sutton, who was actually a really good receiver that they drafted this year, um, which made Thomas very expendable um, and was was almost certainly the right the right move on on that note. Um, the Texans really obviously obviously what they need is to make it so Deshaun Watson doesn't need to be taking buses to Jacksonville from Houston anytime soon. But you can't exactly just pick up a a good defensive or offensive lineman very easily. Um, at the trade deadline. Um, so as far as that goes, that was really something they couldn't really get a lot of. But they have won six straight. Um, they do look a lot better than they have. Uh, Lamar Miller's actually been really good, oddly. Um, and most importantly, obviously, they have J.J. Watt back at full J.J. Watt mode for the first time um, in a long time. What, like two years? Three years. Three years. Three years, my God. Yeah. Also, first time that they've ever had Watt and Clowney healthy at the same time. Yeah. Which is crazy because they drafted Clowney five years ago. Yeah. So, they're an interesting team. Um, the Raiders-Amari Cooper trade, just, just not something really very interesting at all. Just a um, real bummer for everyone involved. It's a bummer that Amari Cooper wasn't worth a first-round pick because he was so fun in college. It's a bummer that John Gruden's still the general manager of this team. Yeah. It's an even bigger bummer that Jerry Jones is the guy who makes the decisions for the Cowboys. Just, it's an all-around bad time. 
yeah, I think the Cowboys and the 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 Raiders are a two of the top four or five dysfunctional franchises, um, and that their last two trades that they've made have been pretty good case studies for why that is. Um, I think Amari Cooper probably does actually help them a little bit, but in no way is he a first round pick worthy. Oh, Especially considering Dante Fowler, who's a competent rotation pass rusher, right. was only worth a fourth-round pick in this one. Right. It's like they just picked up the phone and, and you know, Gruden offered uh, or asked for, you know, can I trade you a third-round pick? And they're like, no, you can, can give us a first-round pick instead. Or, we'll, we'll take a first-round pick. And it's like, we'll, we'll give you a first-round pick just to be nice. So... I'm pretty sure that's how some of the pick protections got into the uh, net Celtics trade. Uh, yeah. Hey, we want these three first round picks, and we'll throw in some. Uh, we'll throw in some pick swaps. No big deal. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, just we'll five just, top five. Picks. Yeah, we'll give you a little bit of other stuff just for fun. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, I do really like the Golden Tate to, um, the Eagles trade for both sides actually. Yeah, that would have um, surprised. I think the Eagles needed another another weapon for Wentz, um, especially with all the injuries they have. And Golden Tate is a really really good receiver, and it's all he's also a type of receiver. Obviously, they have Aguilar kind of run slot a lot of the time, and he's he's good, but Golden Tate's a lot better. Yeah. And for the Lions, uh, they have such good receivers. Anyways, they have obviously have Galladay, who's been needing a, a bigger role for the better part of the last two years, and obviously Marvin Jones is the. Uh, the deep threat. They don't didn't really need it. They weren't going to re-sign him at the end of the year. So getting what the so third round pick, yep, out of that is is pretty good business for them as well. So I think that's good. I think watch out for the Eagles though. I think when they start picking it up a little bit, maybe getting a little healthier, they're going to be uh, a a real threat again. And I, it seems like we're more than halfway through the season a little bit, doesn't it? Um, but we're really yes, it not. does. Um, so. I would say so. They have plenty of time. They're not that far off. The NFL East or NFC East is a trash pile, as we saw of what happened to the Redskins today. Um, also, uh, I don't know if you know this, but they won the Super Bowl last year. Yes, also they won the Super Bowl. They have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, a good defense. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if there's any other trades. Obviously, the, the Dante Fowler to the Rams is a trade that they made. <laughs> <laughs> Um, why did the Jags do this? Why did either of them do it? I mean, I mean, the Rams don't really have an outside pass rusher, so yeah. it makes sense. The guy you can bring it on third down because well, they're they're all in but, too, um, and clearly, right. as as we saw today, they do have some defensive issues. Um, right, but they still have two elite corners and two elite interior pass rushers. Do so they really need a decent, not great pass rusher on the outside? Right. So, yeah, that's the trade deadline. Um, much more interesting thing that also happened around the trade deadline is that the Browns finally uh, cut ties with their disasters of coaches um, and then promptly hired the guy who was single-handedly responsible for one of the biggest scandals in the NFL in the last 10 years. Uh, it wasn't Williams. even a good defensive coordinator. The no. Bounty Gate defense wasn't even a good defense. No, that was single-handedly responsible for why Drew Brees hadn't won a Super Bowl before whatever year he uh, ended up winning it. When, but... Um, not good. Um, it's like if Trump gets impeached and Mike Pence becomes president. It's like yeah, pretty much. Well, in this case, they got rid of Trump and Pence, and then they were like, you know what we should do? We should really track down Steve Bannon and make him president. Yeah. 
That's what happened next. Yeah, let's give uh, Ted Cruz a call. Or yeah, he doesn't need to shot uh, Jacob Wolf. <laughs> Legendary! Tough what a fucking ones. legend. We should we should have a special non-sports segment just at the end for talk about Jacob Wolf. <laughs> Uh, Although, if you think about it, again, I did, I did have my, I did have my great Jacob Wool um, NBA comparison of, of Brian Colangelo, so I'm pretty proud of that one. <laughs> we can go into that more in the NBA. Um, but yeah, so they fire Hugh Jackson rightly um, after Hugh, Hugh Jackson looked at the team and how bad they were struggling and was like, you know what, this team needs more of my own influence. I need to be more involved in the offense. And smartly, the Browns owner and was like, no, that's not correct, and fired him. So, good on them. Uh, fun trivia, by the way. Hugh Jackson had one career win as the play caller for the Browns over two seasons. Giving that away to a talented offensive coordinator who may or may not suck so much that even Hugh Jackson hated him, uh, netted him more wins than his entire first two seasons. And he still thought, I need to call plays again. Yeah. Not wise. Um in other really bad coaching news, the Raiders are maybe worse than the Bills. Well, no, there's no maybe. They are worse than the Bills. Yeah. Um, they got absolutely demolished by... On the right side, though, they have three first-round picks to trade for Nathan Peterman. That's true. Good old Nathan Peterman. What a legend. Um, they have their ass handed to them by San Francisco's third-string quarterback, who no one had literally heard of before this. The guy less horrible than C.J. Beathard. Except for Brett Favre. Um, he did, I, I mean, I know the Raiders are horrible, but he actually looked pretty good. If anyone actually watched that game. I don't know if anyone actually yeah. watched that game. But he actually I, looked I, legitimately I, good. It wasn't like uh, this guy's a future NFL franchise quarterback, this is his moment sort of thing. But it was like, yeah, that guy could be an NFL backup for the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, George Kittle, uh, Shanahan's just awesome. It's really too bad that the Niners aren't don't have the personnel and the injuries. Obviously, Which, by the way, how weird is it that Mike Shanahan's son is such a good coach? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of life's great mysteries, really. But, um, yeah, I guess Mike Shanahan will, or Kyle Shanahan will make you look, you know, good player, even if you're yeah. not. Um, even if you're garbage. Yeah, the Raiders are bad. Niners are also bad, and the Niners beat them 34-3. to And fun fact, last say. ever game between the Raiders and Niners in the Bay Area. Is that the most Thursday night football of all Thursday night football games? Oh, by far. I mean, until Nathan Peterman starts one, which is the dream that we're all desperately waiting for, that's going to be as Thursday night football as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, awards. Um, let's start with the big one. I know it's a little controversial. I don't actually think it's that controversial. Um, MVP. Who do, who do, if you had to pick one, who do, who I, do you have? I've still got Mahomes. Yeah, uh, I think I feel I, bad because I really think Gurley should have gotten it over Brady last year, yeah. and I think Gurley's been significantly better than last year this year. But it's still Mahomes. Yeah, it has to be Mahomes. Um, obviously, I mean, both of them have geniuses for coaches and an incredible array of offensive talent around them. But at the end of the day, quarterbacks just have a little more to do. And that's why they win it traditionally, for better or worse. Um, and Mahomes has been incredible. Well, you had 28 touchdowns now after today? Uh, something like that. Something ridiculous. Like something crazy. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just been a... 
I, I also have Mahomes, and and like you, like we were talking about earlier before recording, uh, it definitely helps that Goff is helps Mahomes' case that Goff is amazing and probably top five candidate himself. So, um, crazy thing about Jared Goff is that he never does anything that's just outright amazing. But his placement's always perfect. He never really yeah. makes big mistakes. He never really looks like he's stressing or struggling, and it's really impressive. And it's the Rams have some some great. Um, options on that team for sure but I don't think there's ever been quite as terrifying an offense what the Chiefs can throw out there with Hunt and Hill and Sammy Watkins and Kelsey and I mean you look at the Rams and you're like oh wow this is a scary offense you got Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup and um, Robert whatever his name is and obviously Gurley but you look at Hunt, who's not having quite a girly-like season, but he's pretty damn close. Um, and then you have Hill, yeah. who's probably just the scariest player in the entire league. Um, yeah. And then Kelsey, who's probably uh, second-best tight end in the league right now, I would say. Um, if not if not number one. Um, and then obviously you have... You have- Um, but yeah, so Mahomes is is obviously doing some crazy stuff, um, and really, you know, should be should be MVP until future notice. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year, um, or just Rookie of the Year? Is there, do they do both still? I don't know. Uh, they do do both. Uh, and last year, both of them were on the uh, team with a terrible defense and an amazing offense. Well, so I guess I guess the other one is, right, there's an offensive player of the year, which I'll never understand why that's not just MVP. Um, but I suppose that's pretty easy if if uh, if Gurley gets... Uh, if, if Mahomes wins MVP, whichever one wins MVP, the other one will win offensive player of the year. Yeah, it's basically runner-up. Yeah. Uh, and... I don't really know why it exists either, because why would that yeah, be a separate thing? No when was the last time a defensive player was MVP? Has that ever happened? I don't know. Uh, it's happened once so. with Heisman, I know, but I don't think um, I've ever seen it. Speaking of that, uh, defensive player of the year. Um, oh, uh, that's, I'm not sure if that's still Khalil Mack or now it's J.J. Watt, but it's one of Khalil Mack or J.J. Watt, the two clear best pass rushers in the world. I mean, yeah, it, it is. it is J.J. I think it's, I think if, if the season ended right now, I think it would be J.J. Watt, especially since Khalil Max now gotten essentially a two-week break um, with the Jets and the Bills and being injured and all um, all that stuff. Kind of a combination of the three. Um, They're lucky that all of the good corners in the league are terrible this year for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Who else would there be? Um I mean, I thought it was going to be Jalen Ramsey every year for the next 10 years, but if he just gives up on a season like this, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's kind of turning into Jimmy Butler of the NFL, I feel like. Um, he hasn't been wrong about a quarterback yet, though. Everyone he said is good is good, and everyone he said is bad is bad. Yeah, this is true. Um, um, offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, still probably got to go to Barkley, even though he's struggled a little bit lately. Um, also, it helps that all the other quarterbacks are really not very good. Yeah. Like, 
I'm standing by my my Josh Rosen opinion that he's going to end up being the best one out of all these guys because Josh Allen's not a good football player. Sam Darnold hasn't looked good for like a month. Um, and Baker's been probably the best quarterback, but still made a lot of mistakes and they're still not winning. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but. Also, if we're talking about rookie of the year quarterbacks, I think the one to look at the guy who's played like 12 snaps and has one passing touchdown, and that would, of course, be the future great starter, future most improved player there on the Eagles. I got the Eagles, the Ravens, all birds are the same. Birds don't matter. Uh, obviously, we're talking about Lamar Jackson, because with Lamar Jackson's doing playing behind a veteran quarterback that he's clearly better than already, as we've already seen from Mahomes, and as we obviously have seen previously from Philip Rivers and Aaron Rodgers, it's an incredible experience that sets somebody up for success in a way that's probably more meaningful than, say, what Josh Rosen's doing on the Cardinals right now, yeah. or in particular what Josh Allen's doing watching terrible quarterbacks play while he's injured. Yeah, and they're finally letting him throw a little bit, actually. The last two weeks, he's thrown like three times, um, including down in the red zone, which is kind of cool, um, which they weren't letting him do at all before. So it's a and little, he looks better than he did in the yeah, preseason. It's, it's heartening to know that they still see him as a quarterback, or it seems that way, because um, he's too good to be Taysom Hill. So, um, Although I do like that that's a thing that multiple teams do now, is have a gadget quarterback. I do like it. Um, Tim Tebow's coming back. Tim Tebow's coming back. Yeah, I don't know. The the whole three quarterbacks on the field that the Saints did last week was a little much, but right. It's also weird because Taysom Hill is just clearly not actually an NFL caliber quarterback, and Teddy Bridgewater so clearly is. Yeah. Um, they also have Taysom a Hill's pretty... fun to tell though. Give him that. Yeah. Um, I guess then defensive rookie of the year. Um, defensive rookie I... of the year. I mean, it should be Bradley Chubb. Should be Bradley Chubb, but it sh- I think it should be Derwin James still because that guy's amazing. Oh, by actual play, it's definitely Derwin yeah. James, but I'm saying the fact that it's not Bradley Chubb or Ruffin Smith is a crime because those people are the two best linebacker prospects in the last eight or so yeah. years. Um, so yeah, really not that interesting. NFL awards always fall a little short. Awards are always a little shallow, but NFL awards in particular, no one really cares. Um, uh, we didn't even mention the most important one: comeback player of the year. That's true. Uh, which Philip Rivers once was nominated for two years in a row somehow. He came back from being comeback player. Great yeah. award. Great award. The comeback player of the year is J.J. Watt. It's a dumb award. Yeah, Unless we could say Patrick Mahomes came back from the bench where he was the whole time. I, I don't know. I don't get why that's a thing. Good give Ryan Fitzpatrick the award for coming back three times in the same season. Or in the same sure. game. Who knows? Um, By the way, uh, no more Ryan Patrick is that line than four touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah. I watched the first half of that game, and he was horrible. And I looked at his fantasy score at the end of the game. He had, like, 30 fantasy points. It was ridiculous. Um, yes. He plays this, this kind of terrifying three-wheeling I don't understand it. Uh, they're like if the Browns were a little more efficient on offense and a little worse on defense. I don't get it. Um I want to talk about a few teams in particular. Um, I wanted to pat ourselves on the back for our, our Saints love that we gave them at, before the season started because 
um, after what they did to the Rams today, I'm, my take is that they are now the best team in football. So yep. come at me. Um, I really, I no, I, I, I truly, I really think that. I think that their defense is looking a lot better, um, and that offense is somewhat unstoppable. Um, and that defense has a lot more talent on it than the Chiefs defense does. Yeah. Um, when they get to play at home, especially, they're in that dome. And, um, now Which, they, by the way, only good dome stadium in sports. Yeah. That's my big take. Yeah. That's the heater. Um, obviously, there's not a huge gap between them and the other three teams. Obviously, the Pats are the least talented, but still have Tom Brady and all the pedigree and all that. Um, Michael Thomas is... I think he his catch radius is not quite DeAndre Hopkins esque, but a little bit DeAndre Hopkins esque. Yeah, he's he's big. He's not as like wide, I don't think, as or bulky as DeAndre Hopkins is, but he's he's long. Like he makes some really crazy catches. Um, he's he just gets, one of those guys, just like Hopkins, who can do every single thing a wide receiver needs to do. Yeah, and it's crazy because Breeze. I mean, obviously he has Kamara, and Kamara's amazing, and has. I'm glad that it only took them a week to realize that he's so much better than Mark Ingram. He should be getting 85% of the touches. Um, uh, But outside of Thomas, uh, they don't have a whole lot of like notable options. They don't have a dominant tight end. They only, the rookie, their second option right now is really Traquan Smith. Who's the rookie. Um, Ted Ginn went down. Uh, There's really not that many options on that team, but it's just, yeah. It's a bad sign whenever you have to say the phrase, and then they lost Ted Ginn. Yeah. Hey, Ted Ginn's been an, uh, an admirable NFL player for quite a while. Um, but yeah, they, just, they really don't have that much, and uh, I guess gives a little bit of more credit, obviously, to Breeze, but also to Sean Payton, I think, because they, you know, they do a lot of cool stuff, um, aside from playing BYU's finest at quarterback for five snaps a game. Um, uh, by the way, uh, better BYU quarterback name. Taysom Hill or Tanner Mangum? Yeah, it's like that Key and Peele sketch where it's, uh, what was it, Mike Smith or something like that? I don't know. But yeah, the Saints are fun. They're my favorite team. If I, if I, I will be rooting for them for the Super Bowl, I think. Um, they're, they're, I just, I'm a big fan. They're definitely fun, but I really want to see that Rams, still want to see that Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I really think at this point it would Offensively, this just because I think Goff is a really good quarterback, but Breeze is still better. Obviously, um, the dude's thrown the most passing yards of all time, and obviously Gurley's better than Kamara, but I don't really think he's more exciting. If that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Um, so, I think either one of those would kind of be a wash, and I think the Saints are actually a little more all around. Especially the Rams just look really shaky. Not, I mean, obviously they're so good that they're still looking really good, but they've looked a little shaky in the last few weeks. And you know, well, I know yeah, that the Saints, the Saints' offense is exceptional, and they're on they're on the road, but still they gave up thirty five points in the first half to to a football team, which is not really suitable caliber. Um, oh, definitely. Even, how much even in this That's even in this era, and obviously the Chiefs have the same issues, which is why I think it's going to be hard for them to get by the Pats. Um, one of the reasons why it'll be hard for them to get by the Pats. Um, who else? I want to talk about the Panthers a little bit, who have quietly been maybe the second or third best team in the league for the last three or four weeks. Oh, the Panthers could easily be the Eagles. They could be a team that's always yeah. been pretty good and then just somehow wins the shit. Yeah. Um, 
Cam Newton looked fantastic. Yeah, Cam Newton looks really good. Their offense looks like crazy. Like, did you see the touchdown they scored today with the double reverse and then the guy who went on the double reverse ran all the way across the field and ended up scoring? Um, Cam Newton looks really good. Their defense, Keekly's healthy. Um, they have the Here's best, the they have the best Why linebackers. Why did nobody ever talk about Cam Newton as a top five quarterback? Because He's got an MVP. Because people, I mean, no one wanted to give him that MVP. People don't like Cam Newton. It's like the same reason why people like Russell don't like Russell Westbrook. That Cam's now actually efficient and is on a good team and can do a lot of cool stuff and has become a lot better of a thrower. Their receiving options are actually a lot better than they have been. Um, they're shockingly not missing Kelvin Benjamin at all. Um, well, there's a lot more Kelvin Benjamin to miss than there was two years ago. Yeah, it's true. Because he gained cool. 50 pounds. Yeah, and he gained 50 pounds probably the year before too, so... Yep. Good on him being uh, fat and like John Wall kind of. Um, but yeah, they have, they have a couple of young receivers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think Cam got the better of that argument. Let's let's be honest here. Um, yes. Yes, he. But they have a couple of young receivers, Curtis Samuel and, and DJ Moore, who are both really fast and are really good for the kind of the the way the league's going with all the end rounds and reverses and pitches and all that stuff. And then they still have Funchess. They still have Greg Olson when he's healthy. Their defense is always good. Um, they have probably a top two or three linebacker core with when Davis and Keekly are both healthy. Um, yeah, they're fun. They're really good. And Christian McCaffrey is playing like a real running back, um, mm-hmm. which, is, really good. which is really cool. Um, so... Yeah, good, good, good for the Panthers. Still um, a little bit of a reach to draft McCaffrey there, though. Yeah, but I mean, he's producing, and and it's just, it, you know, they don't really have a lot of weaknesses. I mean, I just don't know what the else they would have done. They needed a running back really badly. Um, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. It's not great, but he's looking really good now, and he's he's. Um, I don't know. What, I don't know who else what they would have picked, I guess, is kind of my point there, that they really need. They have a good defense. They have a pretty good line. There was not a lot. There's not a great draft anyways. But. Um, are there any other teams that need discussing? Uh, well, pretty much, I think the NFL at this point is down to about six teams that are real contenders. I have the aforementioned Saints, Rams, Panthers. Also want to throw in Minnesota. Yes, I want to talk about Minnesota. Yeah. And then obviously in the AFC, it's just two teams, and those two teams are the Patriots and Chiefs. Yeah. No, um, I, I should, yeah, let's, let's go over Minnesota a little bit because their defense was really, really good. They had decent Lions offense today. Uh, Anthony Barr is scary. People forget how – you know who's scary is the scariest guy named Danielle I've ever seen. I love how announcers – I mean, I know it's not pronounced Danielle, but it's spelled exactly like that. And whenever the announcers say it, they always try to make it sound as manly as possible. Like Doniel or like, like I don't know something stupid like that. I don't know it's how it's actually like, pronounced, but it's exactly like Danielle. It's like you can't you can't look at that name and pronounce it Doniel. Like it's just not spelled that way. Like there's no way you can construe it. Like you could do like Daniel or Daniel or something like that. But you know, there's a, it's just but that guy is terrifying and extremely ripped. Um, even for an NFL player. And then, obviously, Everson Griffin's back now. Linval Joseph's on that line. Um, 
They're probably the. I think they probably, when they're fully healthy, have the best line in football. Um, pretty comfortably. I don't know who's really close to them in terms of just. Not the Cowboys anymore. That's for sure. Not the Cowboys, and then obviously they still have Xavier Rhodes. Um, you know, what's a really underrated line is actually the Jaguars line. But yeah, I would say that considering the rest of the Jaguars are terrible and Blake Bortles is their quarterback, and he is turned back into a pumpkin. And the rest of their team gets, <laughs> and the rest of their team gets the good the defensive credit they deserve. So, right, and obviously they've got two incredible wide receivers, yeah. and now they have, uh, they both have Dalvin Cook back, and they're yeah. still actually implementing uh, Latavius Murray, who's a pretty good rotation running back into that offense. And if they can do something where they go a little run heavier, and then they maybe give twenty touches a game to Cook and about eight to Murray, something like what the Saints were doing last year with Kamara. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good opportunity for them. No, too. I mean they they have they're very very balanced. If Cook can stay healthy, which I don't really believe he can, but they're very balanced. Um, obviously, they do have Diggs and Thielen. Who, uh, Diggs was hurt today with a rib injury, but he's super fun to watch. Obviously, Thielen's been the best receiver, not named Antonio Brown, in the league this year. Um, so they they're they're another one of those teams that really you know you got to watch out for. Um, I think going for Kirk Cousins and betting big on him was not a mistake. I don't think it was a mistake, but he's still he's not like he's I watched him. He throws a lot of yards, and he's and he's a good he's a good passer. He's an above average quarterback, but he still makes some really stupid decisions. And I know this has been pointed out a lot about him already, but his release point is just really low for how big a quarterback he is, and he has a crazy amount of balls that just get tipped at the line. Right. Um, well, Philip Rivers has the same problems had his whole career. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. He's also he's a good quarterback, but again, he he does have kind of an incredible couple of receivers to throw to. Um, right. So, I think they'll be good. That NF the NFC playoffs are going to be a mess once teams start figuring it out. Because I think the Eagles and the Vikings are both going to figure it out, and then you add that to the Saints and the Panthers and the Rams. It's um, going to be fantastic. I'd, the- I'd argue all of those teams are better than all of the AFC teams, bar the Chiefs and the Pats. Um, I would agree. Well, the, Steelers, the, the Steelers are finally putting it together a little bit, but I don't know if I trust them still. The Packers are a very scary 500 team. Well, and that's actually the last team I want to talk about because I am of the belief that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever watched pretty comfortably. Um, right, which is why it's so frustrating when people talk about Brady, Brady's the greatest of all time because in my lifetime I've seen three quarterbacks, maybe four, that are right. better than him. And I and the pro, the problem is I don't think that I can you know legitimately you can't really legitimately argue against that I mean the dude's won five Super Bowls and he is also right. a fantastic quarterback but if Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback that I'll like turn on the TV just maybe outside of Mahomes now uh, but definitely the only quarterback since I've been alive that I'll watch a football game just to watch him um, right he's got that LeBron James element yeah. And speaking of LeBron James, I think that transitions nicely in the fact that he's had completely inept coaching that he's kept in a job for, you know, the better part of a decade, really. Um, so, I mean, the dude's amazing. I thought he tore his ACL earlier. And they are a scary 500 team. I really hope they win this game tonight. They probably won't, but... At least, they, at least they finally realized. I mean, we were all obviously robbed of an Aaron Rodgers inevitable game-winning drive last week when now Raven, <laughs> Ty Montgomery, made one of the stupidest 
decisions I've ever seen in a football game. Um, Why did they let that guy be a running back in the first place, by the way? Well, and, he wasn't and, good at it. And the, maybe the, the byproduct of that, the positives were, A, he's now not on the team, and B, they are actually playing their actually good running back. The majority of the snaps now. I find Aaron Jones very impressive. Aaron Jones is a good running back. Um, not a great running back, but he's he's a guy that they can use and use well. And they still have Jamal Williams, too, who's not very good, but can be a dis- discount marking room, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think they're scary if they can... They, they, they need to start beating teams, though. They need to beat the Bears again. They're going to have to... Once the NFC North gets all their teams back into good mode, they're a good division. Um, you know. NFC North and NFC South are both deep, yeah. deep divisions. And except I, for Tampa Bay. And I don't want to forget about the Falcons, too, because they could... I don't think they will, but they could conceivably you know, win seven out of their next eight games because yeah. they are playing out of their... Like, I, I think it seems like Sarkeesian finally figured it out, um, how to deal with the most talented offense. I mean, you'd hope he would because that offense is really scary good. Uh, right, Julio Jones is on it. He finally scored a touchdown today. Everything's coming in. Um, I'm proud of him. It only yeah. took him the entire season. They have like an 80%, like a up, like high 70s third down conversion rate. Their red zone problems seem to be gone now. Um, their defense is still bad, but they weren't quite as horrible today against the Redskins. They played pretty well, actually. Um, the Redskins, the worst five and two team ever. They're five and two still. Well, they're five, five and three, three now, but they were five and two. Uh, uh, that is not representative of their talent. No, um, they're bad. Um, Shout out to Alex Smith, who can always get a team to an unbelievable record. Yeah, and he hasn't actually looked that good. Like last year when the Chiefs, he looked, I think, really good. I don't think he's looked good at all this year. Um, Adrian Peterson's probably been the reason why they're actually, and their defense is their defense is very very solid, um, and their division is obviously very weak. So these are all contributing factors here. Uh, Adrian Peterson's old man season would be so charming if it wasn't Adrian Peterson. Yeah, he was. He had a touchdown last year where he's just galloping like a like a literal horse. If this was thirty four year old Jamal Charles instead, how charming would that be? But no, it's Adrian Peterson. Not great. Um, so There's nobody else? talk about in the entire AFC at all. Because AFC uh, is useless. Um, Chargers are good. They're not going to win anything, and they can't make Chargers are point. good, but their kicker is inept, and their coach is useless. So it's despite the fact that I really like the players that they have, it's going to be really hard for them to win anything. Um, the Ravens are not good again. The Bengals are back to being average. Uh, on the Ravens, by the way, and on the Chargers, I guess, Eric Weddle shaved his beard. Yes. It's a dark day. He has nothing going for him now. He's just one of the three best safeties in football. Who could care about that when you could be a guy with beard? He was the only person in the world with a beard. He was very into that fact. He shaved off his personality. Yeah. Sad for Eric Weddle. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's... The NFC just doesn't... They have the Cardinals, um, and... That's really the only team that really is unwashable in the NFC. We didn't even talk about the Bears, who I don't think will make the playoffs. But The Bears' offense, it's not good, and then sometimes it'll just go off. And obviously today, it's point total in the play because they had two defensive touchdowns in the second quarter. Yeah. But still, this is an impressive team. 
considering the fact that their quarterback is actively not good at football. Uh, but he had about three great throws a game, yeah. and his defense is incredible even when Khalil Mack's not on it. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, today they played the Bills. They did play the Bills. Um, but yeah, that AFC North is really good. Now the Vikings are seem to be back. The Packers are always going to be good. Um, then you got the Bears. Um, and who's the and the Lions are not a bad team. Um, the fact that they're the worst team in that division by a significant margin is not indicative of that they're actually not a really bad team. I can't root for that because I can't stand Matt Patricia. But other than that, um, yeah, they're still talented. I mean, obviously Matt Stafford's still a top of the. I would say like twelfth to thirteenth best quarterback in the league. Yeah. I would say so. He's um, top of that third group. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not making an easy game for anybody, especially when they're at home. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, NFC is going to be fun. Um, if you had to pick the playoffs now, um, who, who would be in? Who would the 12 teams be? So, AFC is going to be, obviously, you're going to talk about the division winners are going to be the Chiefs, the Bengals are the Bengals still in front of that division, or the Steelers caught them yet? The Steelers are, yeah. Okay, uh, it doesn't matter because I have one of the two as a wild card anyway. So, Chiefs, let's say Bengals from that division, Patriots and Texans, and then wild card I have the Steelers and the Chargers. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much how it'll be. Um, I think the Steelers are currently ahead, and I think that they will end up winning. Um, I don't know what they do with Le'Veon Bell because. James Conner has actually been, like, spectacular. <laughs> right. Like, uh, no, he's not Le'Veon Bell, but the dude's averaging, like, 120 yards a game. You like, can't justify paying Le'Veon Bell that kind of money next season no, after this. not at all. That's, you can't really justify paying him the French tag price after that. And he's not the best running back in the league anymore. I think he's been very thoroughly eclipsed by Kamara and by Gurley. Yeah, and Hunt, yeah. who I think is spectacular, actually. He led the league in rushing last year. A lot of people don't know really talk yeah. about that. And I think he's been a lot better this year. Um, yeah, he has. He just looks more talented this year. Yeah. Last year, it felt like one of those aberration seasons where a guy who's just on a good offense but no other options puts up numbers. But no, this year, he's looked fantastic. He's had a few of those runs that you just know nobody else in the league could do. If you had a team that was, say, league average, um, which one of those three would you want on the team? Kamara. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. Um, also, Kamara's on a rookie deal and Gurley's making crazy money. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so what about NFC then? NFC, I got... It's a little tougher. It's a lot tougher, yeah. Man, I guess Washington has to be in. Someone from that division has to be in. And yeah, the which is really... The Eagles I, really... No, no, the Eagles, are, the Eagles are in that division. I think the Eagles will catch the Redskins by the end of the year. I don't think... I hope the, they do, because I do not want to watch another Alex Smith playoff game. I, I, I don't think that that's going to be an issue. I think the Eagles are are are, are definitely are back. Maybe not fully, but that division's bad enough that back is just fine. Yeah, the idea of the Packers not being in the playoffs and the Redskins being there instead is a nightmare. Yeah. Um... Okay. So I have So let's assume the Eagles win that division then. Um, okay. So I have Philadelphia, Minnesota, Carolina, and LA, obviously. And then I also have the Saints and the Packers. So the Packers over so the Packers in the wild card, so yeah, Packers is wild card one. Or wild card two, Saints is wild card one. 
Okay. Um, I have Carolina winning that division. Ooh, that's that's a that's a take. Um, yes, it is. Especially after watching the day, I don't. It, I find it hard to see a situation in which the Saints don't win that division. Um, They're uh, have they played their first game yet? Huh? Have they played their first game yet? The Saints and the Panthers. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I think the Saints are significantly better than the Panthers still. Um, the Panthers have won a lot of games, but they still haven't had all of that many challenge, like actually difficult games to play. Um, the majority of the teams that they've had to deal with have not been that great. Um, well, they played their two games in the last three weeks of the season, by the way. Yeah. So that'll be a fun couple of games. I do think that the uh, – I mean – I love the Saints, and obviously we just saw them knock off the Rams relatively easily. I don't want to say easily because it wasn't, but they were up by 21 before the Rams made a comeback. Um, and, you know, my love for my long-lost son, Alvin Kamara. So. Um, it'll be – and it'll, it'll, what, the interesting part about this now, I think, is too, is we're going to see a real competition for the number one seed, which means we're not going to have – and we might still see it, but we're not going to see Gurley and – Camara and Goff get benched at the end of the year, hopefully. Um, hopefully. As long as none, neither of these teams slip up too much. Um, but yeah, I have Saints, division winners, Saints, Rams, Vikings, Eagles, and then I honestly think there's a real shot that it could be Panthers and Falcons as the two wild cards. That would be very interesting. The Packers um, get held out. I think the Packers will or Packers could very easily and probably will just on the back of Aaron Rodgers get that last spot. Um, but they have a really, obviously, tough tough schedule, um, and they're not as talented as the the the, the, the uh, Falcons all around. Um, and now they have equal records. Now the, the Falcons are now 4-4 four and four again, so... Is this finally the year that we get rid of McCarthy? And more importantly, is this finally the year that we get rid of Marvin? I think it should be. Um... I think the uh, the there's an article about if Rodgers had had Belichick, and I think that's just kind of a depressing thought if you switch Brady and Rodgers' careers around. Um, if you switch Brady and Rodgers' careers around, I'm not sure Brady's a starter. I think, oh, obviously he's a starter at first. I don't think he's a starter for 20 years like this. Yeah. Um, I just think a lot, and this is, we're not, to be clear, we're not bashing on Brady because Brady's amazing, but. Obviously, he's a great quarterback. It's just, I think. I think he got, he's, he's gotten better. He, every, you know, he got a lot better every year in the early part of his career. And I don't know if he would have been able to do that if he hadn't had the system he was in. Um, and uh, of, of all the horrible coaches, Mike McCarthy is not the worst, but he's definitely a top six or seven. And he's definitely he's the, the worst. He's the worst coach on a good, with a good team and an MVP level, potentially best of all time quarterback. It reminds me of Marty Schottenheimer on the Chargers with Drew Brees. Um, yeah, so I think that'll wrap up um, our NFL portion. Um, we got some some cool stuff in the NBA to talk about. Uh, we know that we've we've covered a little more of the season. Um, things are really starting to take shape in terms of teams that are in trouble and teams that aren't. So we'll be back in a second. Welcome back to West Coast Bias, um, NBA part of this 
sixth episode of season three. Um, it's time for me to uh, bang the Bucks drum and talk shit about the Sixers, I think. Um, so let's start there with the uh, Eastern Conference in the National Basketball Association. Um, <coughs> who are the who are the if you had to predict right now what the top three seeds at, at the end of the year, um, what order would it be? In the East, yeah, uh, I would say Bucks, Celtics, and Raptors. Okay, so, so that's six and four, mind you. But yeah, um, I'm glad I put the Sixers at three because now they are definitely at four. They look not good. Um, part of this is the fact that they keep insisting on starting Markel Fultz, and we talked about this at length last week about how they're doing a lot more to hurt his confidence by starting him and then not playing him in important moments than actually helping him. And you just, you can't have a guard who doesn't really shoot threes out there next to Ben Simmons. It's yeah. not going to work. I think that's, that's, that's true. And honestly, he hasn't been horrible. Um, people seem here's to... The, here's the thing I think about guards who can't shoot. I think it's not a problem if you are the best player on a team and it is if you want. That's my new theory. Well, he can still shoot better than Ben Simmons. It's, he's, he's, you know, right. He's. It's not that he can't shoot. It's just that for right. whatever like, crazy like reason, yeah, he can make. He makes maybe one every two games. He is capable of taking that jumper. Yeah. Um, you know who's not capable of taking that jumper is Ben Simmons. Yeah, and I, I I'm sticking with it. I, I really think that they're not going to be really good and obviously they're missing Bellinelli and Ilyasova more than any team should ever miss Bellinelli and Ilyasova um, Shouts to Marco Bellinelli who's been bad everywhere he's been except for half a season of San, uh, in Philadelphia in his first two seasons in San Antonio yeah um, so yeah the fact that their best three point shooter is outside of JJ Redick is probably Robert Covington right now um, Robert Covington is a great shooter though He's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter. He can get hot. He's one of those guys who will hit an open three, but he's not somebody who's going to get hot very often. Um, and he's just not asked to do that. Um, and because he puts so much work in defensively, he's it's just not as important for him. Um, and I think more than that, it's how good the Bucks have looked, how even though the Celtics haven't looked that good, we know that they're very good and how quickly the Raptors have looked really amazing as well. So I think that that really hasn't helped the Sixers as well, that all of the, the three, their three competitors, um, and even the Pacers have looked better than them, I think, um, in, in a few games that they've, pet, that they've played. Here's my big question for you. If LeBron stayed on the Cavaliers and they presumably were constructed the same as they are now and they didn't make some crazy swing for a superstar, uh, does he win the East? No, not this year. I think and it's, it's very easy to say, but um, I think same thing because I think three teams, if not four, have taken a leap. Yeah, the I think. I mean, you one could say, oh well, he never lost. The, he you know he's never lost the East before, but he's never had anywhere near to four teams that are of this quality. Um, it was always one team. It was either the Celtics or it was the Pacers. Now the Raptors are realizing now as I say this that all of these teams are the teams that have been good in the East for the last eight years and that there's no movement. No. Not at all. Yeah, I mean... A generational 6'11 player will do that. Yeah, and he's still... And 
I, it's hard for me to praise Giannis so heavily when I talk so much shit about Ben Simmons because they're essentially of the same flaws. But I, Giannis is still so much more um, assertive than Ben Simmons is, at least game to game. Um, and Giannis is just good as hell. For all Ben Simmons' you know, many physical gifts, he's still not anywhere near Giannis in terms of just crazy athleticism. Um, which is crazy because Ben Simmons is a freak as well. Um, Giannis, who is the point man on about two thirds of his team's possessions, had fifteen rebounds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's a, Chris Middleton. You know, he's one of those guys that's been underrated so long. You'd think that he'd finally become a little overrated in a way, but he's still somehow underrated. Such yep. a good player. Such a good player. I would give anything to have him on the Blazers. He's a really sweet shooter. Like, he has a really beautiful jump shot. Um, like, he's one of those guys that needs a max contract to be the third best. Yeah. Um, he's what Alec Purdue Jr. should be. Yes. Or Alan Crabb, or any of those other ones that get those two Right. Um, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee's really good. <laughs> um, uh, it's almost like they added. Third or fourth best coach in the NBA. Yeah, and it's amazing what coaching will do. Um, yeah. By the way, I think that's kind of been a thread of both the NBA and the NFL this season. Yeah. The reemergence of the importance of coaching. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Um, especially since it's it's it since you know you've had LeBron carry shit coaches for the past fifteen years, with the exception of Spolstra, I guess. Um, right. And even then, Spolstra really wasn't doing much then compared to what he's doing now. Yeah. Well, it's um, gonna be like. I'm really excited to see what happens if Steve Kerr doesn't retire when Steph does, because what's he gonna do? I want to see. I think he. I think he's that level of coach, but we haven't had to see him prove it yet. Right. Um, I'm not sure he is. I think Mark Jackson. I mean, I think Steve Kerr is a very good coach, but that team is even without Durant. That team is still so much better and has some. Really, it was just he had to implement a system that gave them the ability to shoot whenever they wanted and everyone was moving and, you know, used all the skills that they have. I think Steve Kerr is a great coach. I'm not sure if he's as good a coach as Brad Stevens or even Mike Budenholzer, to be honest. Um, yeah, I definitely have Stevens and Popovich on their own tier, but I think Kerr and Budenholzer are right below that. Yeah. I think get to everyone um, else after that. And it's hard for Kerr because he'll, until he does do something, and he probably won't be able to because when this era comes to the end, it's really going to end because whether it's in two years or three years or whatever, he's not just going to be able to restock, um, which has obviously been a trait of the of Popovich. Um, right, this isn't really a sustainable culture unless they keep yeah. somehow bringing in free agents. Like, if they bring in Anthony Davis, then they don't have to worry about that because then they'll just right. bring fucking Anthony Davis. Right, exactly. Um, but if you think about it, realistically, the only one of these players that's still going to be on the Warriors in five to eight years will probably be Seth. I think... Draymond's the one most likely to take money elsewhere as young as he is. I think Clay is going to be somebody who gets traded as he ages out of his prime. Obviously, everybody's already assuming KD's gone, and Draymond and uh, Demarcus Cousins is one hundred percent guaranteed has no interest in staying with that team long term. Yeah, maybe a little back to the Pelicans, like Anthony Davis wants them to. Um, yeah, that was a weird thing. That was a bad take for Anthony Davis. Um, yep, I love Demarcus <laughs> Cousins, but. It says a lot that I didn't want him to re-sign with the Kings when he had the chance to. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's just not a guy you can build a winning basketball team around. I would love to have him. I don't think he would ever agree to this unless it's in a situation like he is now in the Warriors. But I don't think he would be so much great as a starter for the modern NBA as he is a bench score. No. So, I mean, and they have Julius Randle, who's essentially just oh, DeMarcus Cousins' light. Uh, Julius Randle's just like... If you put a really smart player in Zach Randolph's body, and then you put him in the NBA in an era where nobody needs a Zach Randolph. Fair. Um, it's kind of a shame. He would have been an all-star in, like, 2008. Yeah. Sure. He was the best player in the Lakers last year, and they let him go for nothing. So they yeah. Bunch of Which is looking like an increasingly really horrible take by... Yeah. They were worried about his fit with LeBron, and they didn't stop to think that there's other players on the team that he could lead a bench unit. Right. And... News that everyone saw coming. Um, Magic Johnson is now threatening Luke Walton. Um, can we stop acting like Magic Johnson's a good general manager? Like, or he did sign LeBron James. Yeah, he, he had nothing to do with LeBron that. James LeBron Johnson. James was coming to LA no matter what. He basically came to LA so he could pretend to be Magic Johnson. He he, he came to LA despite the crap that they brought in. And I yes. will defend Rondo because I think Rondo's really changed his perception. I know I've said this before, but I think he's somehow turned into a guy that people like being around um, somehow, at least in the basketball sense. Um, it makes perfect sense that he's the sort of person that would get along well with LeBron James. Yeah. They're both the sort of people But even, that... even with their young guys, which is really weird. I mean... Yeah, that's the weird thing. Every, everything I've ever heard is that... You know, before he really got to New Orleans, that he was kind of a nightmare to be around. But not all the New Orleans guys liked him, but uh, a lot of them did. And now everyone I've heard about on the Lakers really likes him. And he's, you know, considering he has to deal with Lance Stevenson, he's just absolutely fucking useless. I've never seen a guy who's of his skill set who and position and role who shoots teams out of games. Like, you should not be able to be Lance Stevenson and still have the ability to shoot a team out of a game. Like, have the shot the quantity. Yeah. I mean, Lance Stevenson just also shouldn't be getting minutes in the NBA. Yeah. NBA. Um, uh, I gotta say, at least Michael Beasley isn't getting minutes in the NBA anymore. Yeah, what a ridiculous move that was. Lakers are... And, and The great thing is, LeBron and Rondo, I see how they get along, but... How possibly do those two get along with Lance Stevenson, who sucks, JaVel McGee, who's an idiot, and Michael Beasley, who sucks and is an idiot? Yeah, well, let's let's go through the late. Let's do a, a brief Lakers breakdown just because. Um, so what? Most important thing about this Lakers team is that they don't have a center. They're, uh, so they're four. What are they right now? Four and six? Something like that? Four and five. Four and I five. They're probably going to go to four and six tonight because even though Kawhi's not playing, they're still playing the Raptors. So they, they just beat the Blazers last night, um, um, which was very surprising. Um, the Blazers shot about 20% from three, so that was the reason. <laughs> um, actually, JaVale McGee, let me praise JaVale McGee a little bit, because they, they may not have a starting center, but JaVale McGee is, I would not be mad. If he, if, he, if he plays like he's playing right now, he should absolutely win Defensive Player of the Year, because he's been amazing. Um, I've never seen a guy with his lack of skill set change a game. I mean, Rudy Gobert does it occasionally, um, but that's really the only time I've ever seen someone change a game like he did yesterday. Um, he had a goaltend that was pretty obviously a goaltend that 
was a crucial moment in the game that they called back, so I'm a little bitter about that. Um, but he's he's been really good. He's he's he is still an idiot, but he doesn't play like quite as much of an idiot. He just still looks like one. Um, it's the rat tail having the rat, yeah, rat having the rat tail do that to you. Um, he loves fanny packs. Why? He's he's just a weird dude um, all around. So. Okay, he's a much more charming type of weird than Lance Stevenson, who it's important to remember this every single time, which is probably girlfriend wants to dinner. Right. No, we don't like Lance Stevenson. We like JaVale McGee. We don't like Lance Stevenson. Right. Um, definitely, definitely pro JaVale. Definitely anti-Lance. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm pro Rondo, too. I'm pro Rondo. This is a, this is now a pro Rondo podcast. We're, we're yeah, a, Rondo's cool. We're a pro Rondo. We're a pro like Rondo anti-Lance uh, um, podcast. I am at least this half of this podcast is also very anti Lonzo, so Yeah. <coughs> um, you know what happened? He grew his hair out again. That's when it all fell apart last year. That's happening again. Right. And and we'll we'll talk about one of the reasons why Lonzo is now looking like he's not good, um, which is De'Aaron Fox when we get to the end of this podcast. Which is certainly a good a good reason, but also the other reason is he's just not very good. Yeah. Like we talked about, or I talked about at least how whenever I watch him, he just doesn't look like he's like it takes a lot for him to get into games, which is also a problem that Brandon Ingram has, um, which is a really big issue in any sport. Um, it's one of the reasons why some of the best players are some of the best players, right? And right. you know, I think Ben Simmons occasionally has that issue too, but he's a lot more talented than either of those guys, so. It, right, and it doesn't come. He's off. also a six foot eleven point guard. Right, just and he has fewer, and he has moments where he also just takes over, so it's not quite as noticeable. But right. which even Alonzo's good game, that's something he's incapable of. Yeah, and that's something Ingram can do, but Alonzo really can't. Right, and I I don't understand. He still he really still cannot shoot. Like no, he's not a horrible shooter. He's not Ben Simmons level. He's not Giannis level. He's not Markel Fultz level even. Um. But he still really can't shoot. And he really, really can't. Like, I saw so much stuff from, you know, NBA writers this, this year that was like, oh, this little hitch in Lonzo's shot is gone, or he's done this and this and this. It hasn't made him a better shooter. He's still not a good shooter. It's, and he's so streaky. And the thing is, his misses are so bad that they're not predictable enough to rebound. Right. And if you're going to airball threes... Sure, it looks dumb. There's tweets about it, whatever, but it's actually a detriment to your team. Whereas Justin Jackson, terrible basketball player, misses about four wide open threes a game, but about half of those become offensive rebounds because I mean, if you're shooting a wide open three, then there's a chance it's an offensive rebound right. just because it's unpredictable. But right. not so much when Lonzo balls airballing those things, and that right. happens about once a game. Right, and so the, I mean, they are they all they are four and five, which is not great. Um, it's I think I, I think they still will make the playoffs, um, and I think this transitions nicely into so the East I think is pretty comfortably now um, a stronger conference. I think you could make the argument that having half your conference be significantly better than the other conference makes you a better conference. But then you got to remember once you get past those top five teams, Charlotte is sixth in the East right now. Right, but but is Charlotte really that much worse than you know Minnesota is right now? No, 
I think that and Charlotte I, might actually be better than Minnesota. And I think, but if you go to any other Western Conference team, remember that you still got to deal with the Pelicans, the Jazz, right. the Thunder, the Clippers, the Grizzlies. All of those are good teams. Right. I, I guess my argument is, is that having five out of eight teams be better than, you know... Right, if we're only talking about the playoff teams, I could see that. Yeah. Because there's not that much depth in the West. I think Denver's the only other team besides Golden State that could make the finals this year. Yeah, I don't. I'm still not sold on Denver. I know I'm not. But but what I will say is that as a Blazers fan and a, a fan of a team that consistently makes the middle of the playoffs every year, um, it's really only the eighth seed now that you don't want. Like I'm fine getting the seventh seed. Oh yeah, not, it's not a death sentence like it was last year. Like. The Rockets may, and they're still very good, and they still very might turn it around and be right, better. Their are still only three and five, but they are definitely, definitely, definitely not a terrifying basketball team to play against. Um, again, they're giving significant minutes to Michael Carter Williams, Isaac Hartlestein, Isaac Hartenstein. He was the guy. Uh... I remember him from Two K. He's German. Actually, he's from Oregon, but he played in Germany, so... Yeah, but he was he, the guy who just went to Germany for some reason. But he's not good. Um, uh, I love that he's listed as... Because uh, when it lists your location when you don't play... Uh, when you play professional ball elsewhere and come to the NBA, it lists the location you're from. So it says he's from Oregon, but they mean the state and not the school. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, he's he's not great... And he played for the Artland Dragons in 2015. And Zalgiris Kaunas. Right. And for everyone who said, oh, Daryl Morey can just replace Ariza and Bamute, no. He didn't. You no, can't. Trevor Ariza's a really good player. He's been a really good player on good teams his entire career. Yeah, he's making $15 million this year. It's not nothing. Like... That's just a stingy owner, I think, which is kind of weird coming from the Rockets, but that was really poor. Like, and now they're making this huge swing, potentially offering for four first-round picks, which I'm sure will be top ten protected, but that's still four first-round picks for a guy on an expiring contract that, quite frankly, kind of sucks. Like, not as a player, when, obviously, but as a person. When they fall, they're going to fall very hard, which is going to be interesting. I think. Yeah, remember, they do have four more years of 80% of their cap tied up in just two players. Right. And Essentially, they're capped out just off the core right. three. And that's with a bargain deal for Capello, by the way. Right. So, real or not, the Rockets finish outside the top three in the West at the end of the yes. year. Yes. We're going no to chance get... they miss the playoffs, but I have them about fifth now. Okay. Um, I'm still inclined to have them third, but they've started off like the the Lakers have been very unimpressive, and the Rockets have somehow been worse, and Harden's hurt. Um, so it's definitely been not good on their end. Um, also, the Pelicans have lost five games in a row somehow. Well, Don't because care. Anthony Davis has been hurt for five games. That's why. Oh, he missed all of those games. He he's missed he's three. missed at least three or four. Yeah, um, I thought he only missed the last three. Uh, that team they're good. Like they are. Like they're not going to win without Anthony Davis. But when they played the Blazers without him, they looked really good. Julius Randle looks really good. Um, well, I mean, at the end of the day, they still got a really good point guard and a really good 
spacing power forward. Well, I don't know if they have a really good point guard, but they have a. Well, not 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 the one who plays point guard, the one who plays shooting guard. Holiday. <laughs> yes, Holiday's Holiday's very good. Miritich is very good. Yeah, hot take of the day. Hunter thinks that Alfred Payton is the. Well, and that was so. The most infuriating thing about the uh, the game against the Blazers game when they played the Pelicans the other night is uh, Davis and Payton were both injured, and all night it was the announcers were obviously saying Davis is out, Davis is out, blah blah blah. But then they kept throwing Alfred Payton in there too, so they were like, <laughs> "Keep in mind, the Pelicans are missing Anthony Davis and Alfred Payton." <laughs> I don't know how the Lakers will fare tonight, missing both LeBron James and Michael Beasley. Exactly. Um, so that was a little uh, iffy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's my thing about the West though is that, and, and this kind of hit me watching the Blazers lose to the Lakers last night. It's just not, like, the regular season is just more pointless than it's ever been because at the end of the year, there's going to be no more than probably five or six games separating second from eighth, or or at least definitely separating third from eighth. Um, Last year it was two, wasn't it? Yeah, it was two last year. None of the teams, like, say, so, again, take this in whatever way, but... Say the Blazers finish second somehow. Um, they play the Pelicans, who are in who are in you know seventh in the first round. That's not an uneven matchup. We saw obviously how that ended last year. Um, it's it, the eighth seed. Whoever plays the Warriors in the first round are going to be very unlucky. But the other six teams are going to be just kind of throwing punches at each other. And I really, I really truly think, other than home court advantage. Um, in the playoffs, it's going to be all matchup based. I don't think it's really going to matter one yep. way or the other. Um, That's the great thing about seven game playoff series. Like I and I was thinking about this the other night. I was like, if if the Blazers, would I rather have the Blazers finish third and and play a team like the Pelicans that they don't match up very well with, or would I rather have them finish sixth and play, you know, the Nuggets, right, who, who I think they match up much better with, or the, or the Timberwolves, who are a mess, or you know, or the Thunder, even, even the Thunder or the Jazz or any any of those teams. You know, they all match the teams that they match up much better with. And I, I think I'd really have them. I'd rather have them play a team that they don't match up that they match up better with than a team like the Pelicans with home court advantage because I think that's really what matters. Um, yeah. Which why I think the East playoffs are going to be much more interesting. Well, the East playoffs are also just going to be basically first round. <laughs> Yeah. Except for that fourth. That fourth. That yeah. That Pacers. Indiana and whomever. Yeah, I'm more Oladipo. I don't know if you saw what he did to the Celtics the other night. Oh, man. But that was, that was pretty cool. Um, Somebody pointed out that it's not only uh, the exact spot that Kyrie Irving shot is Game Seven Three, but that he hit it over Irving, and that Irving hit his over Curry. Yeah. Um. Miles Turner hasn't even been that good this year, but they look. They do look like they're a good team. Same issue last year. Turner was supposed to be the best player on a bad team and ended up being like the fourth best player on a playoff team. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just got so many good role players there. Obviously, Bogdanovich is an incredible off-ball shooter. Darren Collison's a perfectly fine point guard who's shockingly good from three. Yeah. And they added a pretty great player from last year. Average something like 25-5, and five, just like his rookie year in Tyree Gettys. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, that's... I mean, that... I think the Sixers... 
I think the top four teams will be the top four teams in the, in the semis. Um, but I think the Pacers are going to have something to say about it. And then those semis are going to be incredible series, no matter who's playing who. Um, we could see a Raptors or a Celtic Sixers rematch. And then Raptors Bucks would be in probably my favorite playoff series I've ever watched. I would love to see Raptors Bucks, and I would also really like to see Raptors Sixers. Right. Because I really want to see how Kawhi Leonard handles two players that are kind of not the archetypal stars he defends. Right. Well, I want to talk about the Raptors just for a little bit um, because they, first of all, Nick Nurse looks like a very good coach. Um, Which is a good thing considering the talent coach that they let go to get him. Right. Um, So that's been really great. Kawhi's obviously probably not. Probably at like 80, 85% right now and is still looking amazing. Um, people forgot how good he was, including myself, I think. Right, he was a top three player in the NBA right. when he asked for that trade. <coughs> um, Kyle Rowley's look, Lowry, why can I never pronounce Lowry? Um, it's looking really good playing off of him, which has really been an, an impressive because I think once DeRozan started becoming clearly a better player than Kyle Lowry, um, that really hurt Lowry as a whole. Because then it just became, you just, you just didn't really become an important player. And we um, should note, by the way, uh, that in San Antonio, Kyle Lowry, not Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan's third straight right. year of looking better than he did the year before. Right, we can we can talk about San Antonio a little bit too, but um, yeah, and and I think the biggest move that they made is finally benching Valanciunas. Um, yeah, because he was. A- and, terrible fit in modern NBA. Right, but he's a good. It's I think, and I think a lot of NBA teams are starting to do this a little more. Um, right, you, those slow centers still have a place, but it has to be against. Bench right, teams. and like Kuzma would be a terrible starter in the NBA, but he's a perfectly great bench center. Well, and I would almost like to see that with the Blazers and Nurkic almost a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that would be a better fit for it's, both it's, Nurkic and for obviously very good second year player. Um, Obviously, the Pelicans have that going with Randall. Um, the uh, what's the, what's the other example? There's another example I was I was thinking of the other day. Um, old Tyson Chandler, uh, young Tyson Chandler would not have been in this situation, but old Tyson Chandler will basically be that for the Lakers. Yeah, Tyson Chandler would be that on the Lakers. But I think I'm more thinking of players that are like scoring big guys who don't really play a lot of defense. Right, um, like those like, like plotting guys. Are gonna yeah, like like Randall, like. Yeah, like Vucevic. Um, Vucevic would be fantastic for that. Even Bamba, definitely much better fit if you switch their roles. Right. Um, and whoever gets Vucevic in free agency is going to have a very, very good 7-3 best player. Yeah, Vucevic is... is a, they're, I mean, Valentinus and Vucevic are both very good players. Um, but yeah, so I, that's been interesting. The Spurs, are as, as we mentioned, are 6-2 are and two or 6-3 and three or something like that. Um, somehow, I mean, this... If they ended up being like a five seed this year, that might be Popovich's greater ever, greatest ever achievement. Um, yeah, I definitely have them as a playoff team now. I do want to talk about how people thought DeJounte Murray was like a key to that team. DeJounte he Murray's not that better, good. Man. Like, he's really not. People are like, really oh, DeJounte defender. Murray's like way better than Bryn Forbes. He's not really. Not. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, sorry, he's just not. Um, I, 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 I love DeJounte Murray, but he's he's... He's he can't shoot. Um, he's one of those players that some hapless team maxes out because he looked good on a good team. Yeah. And he just for them. 
And he didn't even look that good on that team. Patty Mills is still the best point guard on that team, even when he's yeah. healthy. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, when I, speaking of Toronto, before we talk about anything else, I'd, Danny Green's been a really great addition to that team as well. Um, yeah, yeah, he was just a salary match. And yeah, best season in his career. And I've always thought, I mean, Danny Green on the on the Spurs, the latest good Spurs team, like the last Duncan teams. <laughs> their last championship has been a really crucial player playing that kind of Ray Allen, Kyle Korver role. Um, yeah, he's he's an archetypal 3 and D guy. He hits three and he plays defense doesn't do much else. Right. Um, so I think that was, a, I, I always thought that was a little bit of an underrated part of that deal that they got Danny Green. Um, Abaka's looking, looked rejuvenated too. Um, yeah, he's another guy moving him to center. It's yeah, and he's, is he playing on the second, he's playing on the second unit too, isn't he? Uh, for the most part. So, I've seen him start some nights and not start others. Obviously, the but, Raptors, even last year, were the deepest team in the league. Um, and Right, even losing two of those important bench players. Yeah. Still looking, they added two players back, so I guess right. it doesn't matter. And they got Siakam back from injury, who's starting, I think. So they're just, they can do, they can switch everything on defense. They're, and they got about eight different viable lineups that they can run out there with the right. players they have. Um, I mean, they have... Basically, two elite bench point guards in Van Vliet and in DeLon Wright. Yeah. They both do that job incredibly well. Yeah, Van Vliet's a really great player. Um, I want to talk about this. There you go. <laughs> I want to talk about the Celtics a little bit before we move on to the end of this podcast and talk about the Blazers and Kings. Um, so, are you still worried about Gordon Hayward? I. Yeah. Um, I think they're still the best team in the East. Um, and I think Kyrie got his haircut and got rid of his headband and he's playing well um, but yeah I am still Gordon Hayward's at like 25% less of himself than what he really needs to be at to justify starting I think he's only shooting 40% from the field yeah um, more importantly he's he just doesn't seem to really have a good role on this team um, no, because the problem is at the end of the day, Tatum's a better offensive small forward, and Brown is a better defensive small right. forward. And it's there. He seems to be having a little bit of confidence issues as well. Well, he's he's been the best player on every team he's ever played in his life, and now he's the fifth best player right. on the floor. Um, Not even just on the team, but on the floor. I think I saw. Uh, 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 I think another problem is is that they're so deep; they are actually too deep. Um, yes, they. I, I think they don't really know what they're doing with their rotation. Right, right there was a, I think who was it? Was it, I think it was a Bill Simmons tweet where he said Terry Rozier needs to be traded, um, and I think he does, and I think a team like the Suns should probably go get him, um, because he is too good a point guard to be getting ten minutes a game. You know, um, yeah. he was a point guard on a team that nearly made the finals. I mean, and although maybe better. he's not as good as he has shown on the Celtics, like many many before him haven't been. Um, he's still a very good player, and he needs to be playing more than 10, 15 minutes a game. Right. I mean, you got to think a team like Orlando or Phoenix, if they weren't tanking, right. needed here. Of course, it's very clear by now that the Suns are tanking, and Orlando might be. I'm not sure. Who knows? I think Orlando's just lost in the woods. I think Phoenix really should make a play for him. I don't, I don't know. Would yeah. They, they can... Can they absorb Ariza's contract? Can they take Ariza back? He'd fit well on that Celtics team. Um, 
I mean, if you could say the Phoenix first to Ariza, I think that yeah. easily gets it done. Considering that Phoenix first, even after he gets there, is still going to be in the top ten. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah. They have too many. They really, I've never seen this really happen. I think we all assume Stevens would be able to figure it out, and I think he will figure it out by the end of the year, um, given the time. And obviously, they're still very good. Um, but they really do have too many good players on that team. It's yeah, kind of, it's kind of crazy. You Marcus Smart minutes. Marcus Smart's the best defender on that team in right. the top five defender in the league, but you can't give him minutes. Right. Um, Marcus Smart is essentially uh, Andre Roberson on this team, right? Yeah. But the difference is, why would you ever play Andre Roberson if you got Jalen Brown, who's eighty percent of the defender and three times the offensive player? Right. Um. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. They like I said, I still think they will be the better the better team, and eventually, and I think they will make the finals. It's hard not to with amazing players and Brad Stevens and everything there, but <coughs> also I think just because the Bucks and the Raptors look so 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 good, like it's, that's kind of had a little bit of an effect too, maybe. Um, yeah, it seems definitely better on paper than it is in practice. So. Uh, we'll see how they do. Um, all right, well, let's get to the Blazers and Kings. Let's start with the Kings. Uh, the what was the hottest team in the NBA two days ago? The they, Kings. They gave up 144 or something today to the Bucks. <laughs> I have a theory, and my theory is that the Kings will be the first team to ever score 150 in one game and give up 150 in the other without doing it in the same game once. Right. They have put up a 146 on the Hawks with hilarious ease. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is... Career again in points, rebounds, and assists. Trey Young is a terrible defender, by the way. Just so bad. Like yeah. a paperweight out there. Can we stop with all the stupid Trey Young is worth that pick takes? He's not. Well, he's much better than I thought he would be, but. He's a good player. It's just like, he's not worth the But he's a good. Though. He's still a good player on the Hawks. And if you watch him and Luka, there's not a comparison. There's just not. It's well, it's like my, my hot take is that the best player on the Phoenix Suns isn't even a good player. I don't think Devin Booker's good. I think Devin Booker's basically just TJ Warren with a better marketing campaign. Well, Which isn't great because TJ Warren's on the same team as him. The much better shooter, to be fair. He's, do you know what Devin Booker's three-point shooting percentage is? No, no. He just takes a lot. Well, that's, and that's my problem with Trey Young, too, though. Is he's just he's on a the Mav, Not the Mavs are a good team, but they're a much better team than the, than the Hawks are. Um, I don't know. Devin Booker's three point percentage, by the way, thirty six percent league average. Uh, to be fair, TJ Warren literally didn't shoot threes until this year, but still. All right, well, back to the Kings. What are we saying about the Kings? Okay, so they are very fast and very fun and very good, but they're not actually very good. But they're way better than I expect them to be. I think this team. Last week I was saying thirty five wins. This week I might bump that up to forty. I still don't think they're going to hit five hundred, but. This is, this is like a good team that wins the games it should against bad teams. It's not, obviously it's not like a real playoff contender, but they have an identity and they can execute their game plan against anybody that can't overpower them. Yeah. Unfortunately, they can be overpowered by a team with strong defense and enough depth to keep up with their pace, which means that obviously they got embarrassed today by the Bucks and Giannis. That's going to happen again with the Raptors. Probably going to happen again with the Warriors. Although the Warriors have been known to lose games in Sacramento for some reason. Yeah. And other than that, though, other than those three teams, and Denver, I suppose, who also blew them out 
I really don't see many situations where the Kings are not going to be in games week in week out. Well, and that and that's right. That's the distinguishing trait between the West and the East is that there is really no easy games in the West anymore. The Suns are still really bad, but they have so much talent that they'll still probably be able to be in the games. Um, right, yeah. Right, it's to go out for 20-15 on you every once in a while. And the Mavs and the Kings, I'd say, obviously are still fine. The Clippers are a good team. The, the Grizzlies are they're, they're still have a lot of talent. Um, and then obviously you got the 10 or so playoff caliber teams, so... Uh, yeah, I could easily see. I think this Kings analog is the Hornets in the East. Difference being that obviously Kemba Walker is in the last year of his contract in Charlotte, and De'Aaron Fox is in the second year, eight in Sacramento. Uh, but it's the same sort of thing where it's a team that's finally just given in and said, "Our best players are point guards. And we're going to work around that, and we're going to work to his strengths." Yeah. And it's really working. And I don't think it's going to get them much further than. 40 wins this year and probably something like 45 and 7 seed next year but that's still something and right. maybe if they they have a clean cap sheet right now uh, that's going to change when they sign Billy Coyside because uh, he's right now looking like a guy who's going to make about 20 million a year after previously looking like a guy who might be out of NBA rotations uh, and once they sign him they're still going to have space for a max contract and obviously they're not going to get Kawhi Leonard and they're not going to get Jimmy Butler but Who's to say they're not going to get Tobias Harris on an overpaid deal that actually puts in a 25-point-per-game small forward into this lineup? And then you can run out a lineup of as good as he's been this year. You can take Nemanja Bialica out of power forward, and you can put in a guy like Tobias Harris who can make his own offense and space on the floor. And then you have a lineup of Fox, Heald, Bogdanovich, who hasn't played yet, by the way, and is a huge improvement over Shepard. And then a Tobias Harris and a Willie Cauley-Stein. That's affordable. That's probably not a team that ever wins a championship, but... You could easily see that being a 50-55 win team at some point. Yeah. And De'Aaron Fox will be an all-star next year. Because, holy shit, man. He's so good. Yeah, he's good. He's making Lonzo Ball look like a waste of space. Uh, Which I'm glad. We were were both on the De'Aaron Fox train. I'm glad glad we stayed on that train. Um, And one other thing about the Kings is that Marvin Bagley's awesome. But, like, what's his value anymore? He's well, and that's the sad thing. I mean, but yeah. He can't face the floor. You can't really run it with Collie Stein together. And Collie Stein's kind of amazing. So. Well, and, and I think that kind of sums up everything that we were and most people were saying about him before, right? Is that he's, he's going to be a very good player, but he's just not somebody who's ever going to be a, a player that you need to have on your team. Um, yeah. I think he's, his career is so far through you know, very short returns are playing out pretty much exactly how everyone thought playing out. Right, it's like, everybody said this is a guy who's an average 20 as a rookie, and he's not playing starters minutes, but he's, for 36, he's averaging 20 and 10. Yeah. Oh. He's a hell of a rebounder, hell of a shot blocker, shockingly. I mean, it makes sense when you consider his athleticism, length, and timing, but he showed no shines of that in college. Right. So if he puts that all together, like, he could be a great player, but what value is that when Willie Collins is a better defender and bigger and more controlled player? Right. That's what you Yeah. Well, speaking of rookies that are also better than Lonzo Ball, um, Zach Collins continues to impress. Um, not, not, a not a rookie. Second year. Second year. Yeah, uh, Ben Simmons honorary rookie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but he's a Mahomes honorary rookie. Let's put it that way. He's a Markel Fultz honorary rookie. <laughs> um, continues to be excellent. Really incredible defender. Post moves are really coming along. Um, 
Evan Turner is really playing amazingly. Um, Stotts finally figured out that the way to get him to be good and be Boston-level good is putting shooters around him. I mean, if those shooters are Nick Stauskas and Steph Curry, <laughs> Seth Curry, <laughs> Freudian yeah, slip there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that would be the, the dream. Um, the bench had a, their first actual bad game last night against the Lakers. Um, partially, that was because Rondo is on the Lakers bench um, and was really, really excellent. Um, but they're good. They're 6-3. and three. Probably sh- they've lost to some bad teams and they've beaten some good teams. Uh, they've lost to somehow the trash heap that is the Wizards. Um, someone had to. Someone had to. Um, the uh, Heat, who aren't a bad team, but, you know, still not a great loss. Um, and then the Lakers, who aren't very good. Um, We're currently down 22 first quarter. Right. Um, and then they've beaten the Pacers on the road, the Rockets um, on the road, and the Pelicans. Um so they're going to be good, and like, like I said earlier, it's just it's hard. It's it's I'm st- I still love watching Blazer games, and it's a lot of fun to watch Blazer games. But um, it's hard to do it knowing that they'll they'll almost certainly make the playoffs, but also almost certainly you know it, nothing really matters until the playoffs really. Um, so really, I'm I'm it's I'm watching the games just for entertainment, but also for you know to watch Zach Collins and. Um, Oh, it's it's a weird time. It, it, when once that realization hit me, I was like, oh wow, this is. It's when you're. It's like when you're playing two K and you get bored of playing. You know. Because like you just want to get to the playoffs. Just like let's send this season. I think I'm, and and part of that is just a function of of the Blazers having, um. You know the same team year in year out, um. So there's not that much turnover, um. You kind of know what you're gonna get, um. And this team is different. They actually, this is the best bench team I've ever seen the Blazers have. Um, Willard somehow taking it up at even another level. Um, the troubling sign, I think CJ's really been pretty bad this year. And we, I talked about this the first time. He had a decent game last night, but other than that, he's really been pretty poor. <clears throat> Blazers is still simply that they improve every year in a new and unique way, and every year it's not enough to get past the Warriors. Yeah. Um, they're just making slow jumps methodically up from an eight seed to a three seed, and I think this year they could easily be a three seed again. Yeah. But if they're not leaving that pack behind, it doesn't really matter. Right, um, and, and again, that goes back to what I was just talking about. Is I don't think anyone's leaving the pack behind. I don't think the Nuggets are going to leave the pack behind. If the only the the pack is everyone but the Warriors, so I think the Nuggets might be able to the way the Rockets did. I don't. I, I really just I, I, I think Jokic is an amazing player but they still don't have that that one guy that is going to be do what James Harden can do um, and I love Jamal Murray and Gary Harris but I still think they're a year or two away from really being like superstars Right, but um, I think Jamal Murray can eventually be that guy I think he can, is, but I don't think that's, it's, that's how they could leave the pack behind yeah. I, just, I just don't think it's this year and I think they're a very good team and I think there's a pretty good chance they'll be the three seed um I love that team, though, because they're so talented. Or two seed. They're going to have a great season. But everybody on that team is still anonymous to the general public. Of all the contending NBA teams, they are probably the one with the least recognizable players. Right. Like, obviously, Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns, they're famous, famous. But how many people outside of Jokic 
can the average NBA fan name on the Nuggets, the two seed in the West right now. Right. So it'll be fun. Um, enjoying this. Um, they sure can't shoot basketball, and they're weirdly good at defense now too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think there's really that much else to say. Um, the Northwest Division is an excellent division. There are no bad teams in that division. In fact, they're all good teams. Um, even when the Timberwolves... I'm trying to figure out... I'm watching this Blazer game right now. I'm trying to figure out if Jimmy Butler's playing or not. I can't believe he... That was such a, I mean, he said a lot of asshole-ish things, but saying, I decide when I play back-to-backs. Here's my big take that's never going to come up because he would never be taking a meeting with Sacramento in the first place. I don't want Jimmy Butler on the Kings at all. There you go. I, you know, I don't want him on the Blazers at all, and I don't, but it would make this team significantly better to switch him out for CJ just for this year, and I love it CJ. About, but, I think this goes without saying, but you'd rather have Chris Middleton over Jimmy Butler? Yes. Yes. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, no, I would take Chris Middleton over a lot of players, like pretty much any starting two-guard in the league, not named... Uh, Clay Thompson, yeah. James Harden. Those are the other two. Pairing with Lillard, I would take him over James Harden, absolutely. I would much rather have a backcourt of Damian Lillard and Chris Middleton than Damian Lillard and James Harden. Yeah, yeah. Plus, Middleton's big enough that you could have him stretching out to three or four if you need to. And he's life nothing. Good enough at what he does that you can have him playing all the way down at one next to an Evan Turner off the bench. Right. So... Yeah, no, I like, well, the story, I like Chris Middleton. We're, we're Chris Middleton fans on this podcast. Um, to reiterate, anti-Lance Stevenson, pro-Chris Middleton, pro-Jean Right. Um, maybe we should keep an updated list of our, who, who's on our, on our pro and con list. Uh, Anti-Lance Anti-Carl Anthony Towns, I'm adding him. Yes. He's lazy. Carl Anthony Towns has got to be the worst 30 and 10 player I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, he's just... So frustrating. If I was a fan, a Timberwolf fan, I'd be frustrated for many, many reasons. But chief uh, among them, because you've maxed up a genuinely bad player. That's the worst. I one. just don't get it. And he's he's so good though. Like he's just so good. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is not good, but no, Jimmy Butler bad. and Carl Anthony Towns are both very good players. That team should be very good. Like, how do you fuck that up? Like, I, I truly do not understand how they fuck that up. Also, why is he so bad at defense? I get that in college, he had really college side, and college side was literally the best defender in college that year, but he was a plus defender in college. The literal best college team in the last 20 years. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that will do it for today. Um, Some good NBA stuff going on. Um, It'll be a fun season. I'm excited to watch these uh, Raptors-Bucks games. I like that it's the Raptors and the Bucks as well. That's kind of cool. Um, they're cool markets it's nice to see Toronto go out of that DeMar DeRozan and sell us something to go for over under on how many times the Lakers will get beaten on national TV this year oh like 30 they're down 32 to 10 right now okay that's a good place to end I'm gonna put that game up alright that's the thing I do now is just watch the Lakers lose yeah it's fun alright see you next week bye bye